Hello and welcome to The Ball Bags, a weekly podcast breaking down all the news from the United Rugby Championship, the NFL, the English Premier League, the NBA and the wide world of sport. Hello and thanks very much for tuning in to episode 2.5 of The Ball Bags podcast delighted to be joined by the coach you say you're delighted but okay and the bottom feeder athlete how are you mate what's the crack all good all good all good so we have a lot to get through this week coach going to take us through a recap of the six nations weekend bottom feeder athlete's going to have a little deep dive into the trade he discussed last week that actually went through on trade deadline and I'm going to have a look at the production pathways of talent in professional sport at present. But to kick us off, Coach, who was your player of the weekend and why? My player was Dupont. A France, a numero nine. I just think, yeah, he's just quality, isn't he? He's just an all Well, he is the best player quality. in the world. Um. Whose mantle has he taken, by the way? Some people did say that to me over the weekend, you know, he's the best player in the world. But, like, I remember for a brief period, people were saying Conor Murray is the best player in the world. And anyone who said that probably deserved to be put down. No, there was definitely a time that was true. There was a time, yeah. There was a time. Maybe. Man, you know that. There was a time when there was a time, there was a time when Jacko was the best player in the world. Yeah, really. Like, Conor Murray was no, never Jack. good. Sorry. Never as good as DuPont is now. No, but no, but that doesn't mean that he wasn't the best player in the world. I just don't envision a moment in time where Conor Murray could be the best player in the world. I know it was slated, but I just, I just don't have any time for him. But uh, Dupont is it because he's better looking than you? Is it because he doesn't have to dip into the bird's eye burgers just before he goes to Spain? <laughs> I'm so happy my wife and I dropped friends with there for a split second. Is it because he's best friends with Zeebs? No, look, lads, I just don't like... I just Even when he came on the weekend, the two box... Look, we'll get on to it, but the two the three, <laughs> was it two or three box kicks he kicked, and you just he lost us the game almost single-handedly. That's a stretch, because we were never winning that game. But look, we'll get to that later. So why was Antoine Dupont your player of the weekend? I think he led the led the French to a victory. I'm not I'm not convinced that the French people thought they were going to beat Ireland. Um, I think he kind of dragged them through and uh, got them over. He just he's just a playmaker for them. He's just class. He's pure class. Isn't like he'll be player of the tournament as well. He's just pure class. Him or Marcus Smith? Yeah. Oh, that's a stretch. <laughs> anyway, Bob Peter Atley, who was your player of the week? I had Aaron Donald from last night in the Super Bowl. And I know Cup won the MVP, but Donald really seen the game down the stretch from, to be honest. <laughs> I, I, well, look, I, I thought Cup, that final drive leading to the touchdown, was exceptional. He's He's gone about his business as a quiet, quiet, unassuming character. And I think he was phenomenal last night. He's been phenomenal all season. He maybe doesn't make those bang, bang plays, maybe. I don't know. Like, he's not. He's not going to have an 80-yard touchdown resulting in a... He's not going to beat someone down the, the flat, maybe, but his route run is exceptional. Isn't Master's it mad? Craft. He should have just 
they should have just given him the MVP for the regular season and it would have been what a year that would have been I think he deserved it I actually do like like Rogers missed games Brady wasn't exactly spectacular all the year like all the quarterbacks had really high interception totals and stuff like that no one really stood out enough to have a dominant QB MVP they should have just given it to him he deserved it he had everything should've, there should have should have rats Rats. Rats. So, in partnership with The Athletic, obviously click the link in the podcast description. As always, free month. World-class journalism. Who is our player of the weekend? Can we come to an agreement? Hey, uh, Yeah, I'd be happy enough for this to go with Cup. Coach? Um, yeah, happy enough to go with Cup, but one thing I would like to know is LA Rams signing Odell Beckham Jr. is great for him. Great for Cook to go about his business the way you said there, like quietly. I think that was a great move for mid season. Yeah. yeah, and I think before he did, hopefully, I don't know if anyone's heard what it was. We're recording this obviously on Monday night, so when this goes out, we'll probably know what his injury is. But ACL. Basically, it is an ACL, is it? Look ACL. Like it. Yeah. Before, before he did that, he obviously was having a big day and again Eli Apple can't cover so but look um, yeah okay so we'll go Cooper Cup happy enough with that now main segment agree disagree coach kicks off with a six nations recap agree to disagree so, so you want me to start this with a statement so let me pull something out of the bag um, Scotland are rank outsiders and the people's favourite to win the six nations Mate, that, that that was deep in that bag you went to pull it out. Yeah, because, because I think it's possible. That well Scotland game was a sledge. It was. Like, it was rough. To no, watch. it was, and I agree with that. And I think it's probably harsh to say Wales were lucky, but I think Scotland had more in the tank. I really, really do. Um, You're making an assumption that Scotland are going to play England every week. <laughs> do you think Scotland are going to beat that French team? I think they might. I think their style of play, I think they play a lot. Like Ireland and France were quite similar in the way they went about things. Um, the SAS doesn't agree with me, obviously. But um, no. I think France are the best team in the world at present. Oh, no, I think they have the best. Like s- no doubt about it. I definitely think they have the best team in the world at present. But I also think Scotland have the ability to draw a game out, make it really boring, and kick points. I just, I just think that game was one of the weekend same in either code if you win the rook you win the game and we got slow ball from the rook and France got incredibly quick ball from the rook and it was like scientific approach almost of when they committed bodies to the rook and when they didn't Mm. and they had such a high turnover rate like I just their discipline at rook time is exceptional and by discipline I mean like not over committing when the ball is lost committing the right numbers when there's a chance and it was evident like we just couldn't keep up they're just so effective at it as well because they're massive they're like you just need like one and a half bodies really for them to win their breakdown and they're gone mm-hmm. maybe two tops and then you have to commit like three smaller players just because of a sheer like the fucking size of Physics. the second rows, yeah. You just like you just throw one of them over, and then suddenly like it's a really interesting game, though. Like the twenty sixth of February in Murrayfield, Scotland, France. In like 
I think Murrayfield's a massive factor in the Six Nations. No? I think it is when England were in the town. Jeez, I think if Finn Russell plays like that again, he had a mare on the weekend. There's just he too is, many is, little though. mistakes. He is absolute valleys and diamonds, though, isn't he? Like, he's just... He, he's one week he's absolutely New yeah. York and the next week he'd struggle to get his place in the championship side like he's yeah, just yeah but if the French like Wales didn't exactly I don't think Wales put pressure on Russell I actually think Russell was just yeah, he was, error prone on yeah. the weekend and the, the, the pressure he created on Scotland was of his own doing like he might not do that like against France but if France apply pressure to him now again themselves it could be in for more of that, or but else he'll he'll do what he does best. If it's not, if it's it's also go on, go on, Sass. No, go on, coach. Go I was just gonna on. say, well, like if if it's not Scotland, their friend France, they just trip. They're gonna be Grand Slam winners. They probably are. The side I think they can beat them, and it would be a, like a shock because they don't think they'll do particularly well. The Six Nations is England, because England can put out a big physical British pack. And it could be an absolute sludge fest. Nine six is the winner, and the winner is rugby, huh? <laughs> like this is that's sometimes that happens. It's like you're saying you win the rock, like that's such an alakadu type of saying, isn't it? But sometimes or, you get that game, or, or someone pips them on bonus points because we had scored them three tries too. Like, do you know what I mean? Like they for all their dominance, and they were dominant in terms of like possession and territory and stuff like that. Could be an interesting enough stretch. Like, I don't think France are going to win a Grand Slam. I think that's out. I don't think they're good enough to win the whole lot. Ireland, like, Triple Crown is very much there for Ireland this year. And a championship if France drop a game. Uh, You know, in Scotland, they're only down a game as well. They beat France, suddenly they look alive. I actually think England look shite. Mm. They've run their course. Honestly, under that regime, that, that... Another massive. We already talked about this. I just uh, Smith looks exciting, but like he obviously makes a lot of errors trying to make things happen as well. Um, yeah. but I, I just oh, like, look. He's an exciting player to watch. I just it's what's around him. Like I think if you put Marcus Smith in that English squad that was say dominant because they were dominant, and he is an armchair right. He's a joy to watch but in a pack that's struggling that's when the mistakes come in for a player trying to make a lot style. happen yeah um, what I would like to touch on from an Irish point of view I called it last year or last week sorry after the Wales performance Gibson Park's supply is it's terrible it's better than Conor Murray's no but it's well it's look, different argue it's different all day it's different it's it's not good. It's probably I think Casey would do a better job. I think Nathan Doak would have done a better job. I know he's young, but we're two years out from a World Cup. Are you going to go to the World Cup at Gibson Park do you, and lose in the quarter final? Is the depth at nine more concerning than the depth at ten? No, we just need to just need to bite the bullet and just play those younger players. Yeah. We're good yeah. there. We're actually grand. I'm depth at nine. And we have we can also bring Cooney back into the fold as well. Oh, geez, really don't mention the war. Well, like, do you know what I mean? There's like there's no shortage of goods. Cooney will never be will play there as long as Sexton's there. I, I think his time has passed. Possibly, yeah. Do you know, 
Yeah, you probably would you has. Not rather start Casey. But would you not rather start Nathan? I think Cole? I think had you started Cooney the last six nations or six nations before in a couple of games, then it would have been more realistic because the World Cup would have been a swan song. It would have been his last, and he would have been an okay age. Whereas now, I think it's just too late to bring him to the party. Like, um, I don't know if you call it a swan song, but yeah, like I mean, but but now we're not giving them the minutes to go and. and we're not giving them the minutes to go and try these younger players before World Cup. We're not going to throw them in at World Cup, so evidently it's going to be. And you're not going to throw them in next year, because next year is the lead up to the World Cup. Yeah, yeah, and it, it's weird because it it wouldn't shock me if all of a sudden Luke McGrath's called back in. I don't think he's good enough. I'm not saying he's good enough. I'm just saying it wouldn't shock me if he was called back in. Yeah. I I just I just think Gibson's back his delivery is off and it's been off. Look, I know it's only two games small sample size he has accuracy issues that is clear mm. his speed of ball is what gets him there though like that that allows Ireland when they're at their best and they're playing at that good tempo and he's sniping around rooks and stuff and he's hitting boys at pace even if it's a little bit off the mark but then when you get in slow games like that against France fine margins and you know Carberry catching kind of balls around his crotch area instead of like kind of you know where you should be catching them and it's slowing up everything then. Um, like, I don't... Look, that's the type of player he is. I can't see him getting... Like, if he's not... If you're not accurate at this point in your career, or it's not like, a, you know, a key aspect of you getting better and training every day, then I don't see it happening. But he, he does still offer, a, a, like, a an aspect of the game that we did, don't really have at the minute unless we decide to just bring Casey into the fold and see what he does which is those sniping runs the speed of play from nine that we just haven't had in the last few years so he does have value still what about what about Carby what did we think I, I probably owe him a little bit of an apology he's probably been harsh on him in previous shows seasons and whatnot. but he was I thought he was great I thought he was, thought he was really above good, average is probably what I would describe as that's his first six nation start ever that's a that problem was, like that that's nuts. It's his tenth start ever. Never mind Six Nations start. Out of what? Yeah, I, I, I think the media coverage of Carberry and his performance at the weekend has been blown epically out of proportion. He was okay. He was slightly above average. That's even. I even. That's a bit too far. Like he. What did he do? What did he add to the game? He kept himself out of trouble because he knew if they put a big bopper down his channel. He was in trouble. Um, I would say he was he was he was serviceable. Serviceable, I think, is a fair word. Yeah. Is that fair to say? Yeah, yeah. Is it is it harsh for me to say that? But I just don't think. I know. I just thought, like, considering, I thought he had a good game. Like he kept us in the game. Yeah, but, as yeah, well. Hold on a minute. But but everyone's saying I oh, played brilliant. Considering, 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 it's like considering can fuck off because he was only okay. And if we have to go to a World Cup with Joey Carberry, he'll be only okay. Mm, I agree with that. So, yeah, look, he was like he was grand, like he held his own, but it's not, it's not worth a headline. Well, I don't think anyway. Um, next up is Italy. So if we don't ring the changes, I'd be concerned. As in, if we don't try, Craig Casey, then I'd be concerned. It's so bad playing Italy after a break as well. You'd rather have, after the break having a big game, but after the break and into a break. Like it's just a nothing you know game. I mean? Yeah, so why not? Well, you hope it's a nothing game. <laughs> yeah, well, like that's what I'm saying now. You've got a week 
off I know there'll be a bit of URC action and stuff like that James Lowe's due to make his comeback for Leinster at the weekend so, so that could be one to watch I'd argue that you don't drop Hansen because oh, you can't you can't possibly so it'd have to be probably Conway Conway wasn't Which, fantastic on the weekend either I, he didn't even get a chance to though he didn't and but and the thing about Hansen's try is look it was brilliant it was so badly needed and I, I said I think it threw it in the WhatsApp group chat I was like Mac Hansen's try was fluky and this game has been made look a lot tighter than it is now I thought France came out in the second half switched off and we got two, two quick tries rather but um, he's just the type of player who just gets himself in those positions I just worry it's part of his gift isn't yeah. it I worry about just like this game is one of those games that people just you know the atmosphere is a little bit weird people just give away their tickets because it's Italy Italy come to town and really wants to go even though the tickets cost a bomb and like the, the other question is do you bring James Lowe in at all like do you just leave him out of this one I mean when I mean when I mean out of this one I mean out of the whole Six Nations why? Well, as you said, you're not going to take Mac Hansen out. Is it fair to take Conway out? Maybe if you're only if you're giving him a rest. Um, that rotation will happen. It's going to happen. Like you know, who is there? There's definitely going to be change in the back three, no matter what. I was going to say, who was our utility on the weekend? Probably was uh, Henshaw. Yeah, that's a bad, bad option for utility. Like, oh, I don't know about that. Well, he's the wrong area. Don't know about that. You you have to play with it a little bit to get him in. Like, no, not really. Considering he started his career fullback. No, but if you're going to take Hansen or Conway out of that team, you're not going to put Henshaw on the wing. So what's your manipulation there? You put my fullback and put. Is that what you're thinking? Well, you could probably give Bundy a rest as well because he went to the war on the weekend. Yeah, but like, well, say, say, argument sake, you have to take Bundy off. Well, not Bundy off. Sorry, Bundy and Ringrose are fine. You have to take a winger off. Yeah, you've Henshaw and Hugo. You can either put him on the wing, or you, Ring Rose can cover the wing, or you put put him at fullback and put Keenan to where. Yeah, Do you know, so he does off your options. It's a bit of a reshuffle, but it's not. It's not a bad reshuffle. Mm. I wouldn't be against it. How do you see us ending then? Uh, how do you see us ending? <sighs> Triple crown, no championship. Yeah, I don't know. It depends. Like we're now under pressure. Now we're going to have to chase bonus points as well to put pressure on France. So we'd win it with a try scoring bonus point against Wales. We're losing bonus point obviously against France. We look to put the points on Italy, and then you've England in Twickenham, twelfth of March, and they'll be up for that. Um, and then, and then rounded off Scotland at home. So you need to be going into the Scotland game. Hoping that potentially try scoring bonus point and points difference, you could end up winning the championship. I don't know if France are going to slip up on the way, but they might win games and not get bonus points. Ship get bonus points, yeah. That's because of the style of play. Um, but then they turned it on in the second half against Italy, but they they lumbered in the first half against Italy. They did. So. They did. Italy went up twice in that game, didn't they? I think. Think so. Think think so. Yeah. Um, didn't watch no I didn't watch the England Italy game no because well uh, prior arrangements but uh, it uh, it, was, it wasn't a fixture I was totally disappointed about missing 
and look like anyone comes to me enough in the end so it is what it is anything else to touch on the Six Nations before we move on are we happy enough gents or? no I'm happy enough I'm happy enough yeah this, it's, this, it's disappointing let me hand you over to the bottom feeder yeah what? No, I was just saying it's a disappointing kind of the game. It's just that like I think we a lot of us had, had a little bit of hope there, but you know, um, wasn't to be. But maybe it's better off like that with the World Cup coming up. Yeah, maybe France speak too soon. Mm. Maybe. Bon Vida Atley, take us away. So after last week's um, the trade that finally came delight with James Harden going to Philadelphia for Ben Simmons and assorted shite hawks e.g. other players um, I was just kind of thinking are we done with the three big three is the big three era and the NBA finally kind of hitting its it's hit its peak with Celtics winning their championship in the mid 2000s and then LeBron obviously with Peeled. his Miami Heat and then lastly Kevin Durant I suppose you could argue that the Warriors was more like a big four at the time with Kevin Durant Clay Thompson Steph Curry and Draymond but I think with the Nets like 16 games is all they played yeah would you believe it or not Tom Brady and Antonio Brown played more games together at the Bucks. 16 games is I yeah I can't actually get over that one still 16 in from last Thursday when the trade deadline was when those three boys had walked in the door 16 games and it was an unmitigated disaster really wasn't it like when they played together like you could see you could see like Jesus they are going to be really hard to guard like all three of them are premier scorers at the time James Harden looks like he's fallen off the very heavy food kind of cliff now at the minute so I don't know if he's going to get back to that level Daryl Morey will surely have strip mm. clubs and all of the metrics ready for him to get back to his fighting best in Philadelphia but I just like I think just with that particular situation everyone was like oh look if they if they get together like if to get them for seven games in a playoff series they're going to win everything but sure there was always something with one of them always yeah, look, something with I one think of them I've touched on it before I don't particularly rate Steve Nash as a coach I think culturally they're all three terrible people James Harden is remarkably selfish Kyrie Irving is look you do you bro and all that and whatever you think and, and everyone's entitled to their opinions and all that but it's going to rub people up the wrong way. The burning of sage. It's, it's, it, 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 the, the flat earth. It's going to rub people up the wrong way. And Kevin Durant is... No questions about his talent. I personally do not like him. But I think... On a personal level. But I think... Well, I don't know him. But like, just, I don't like him. Um, you have got to question someone whose main hobby is making burner accounts on Twitter and defending himself <laughs> what kind of egotistical maniac is that but secondly you've got to question someone who's prepared to walk away from 
Steph Curry, Steph Curry, Steve Kerr, and what seems to now be after maybe decades of not dysfunction but not a stellar organization and runnings in the Golden State Warriors. They're in a new stadium. He's Kevin Durant as well as someone who's heavily invested in tech as like his side business. He's built his portfolio. Why leave Silicon Valley? You go to Brooklyn to team up with Kyrie. Fair enough you're coming off a ruptured Achilles. We'll give you that season off. That's fair enough. And the reason James Harden left is because when he was uncomfortable with the Kyrie sir, uh, situation, Kevin Durant was like defending Kyrie. And that broke up their kind of relationship. It's the What was the quote used? I think, I can't remember who it was. I think it may have been Jay Williams. was like, it's the ultimate case of when you realise your homeboy prefers his homeboy to you. Isn't that Kevin Durant preferred Kyrie to James Harden? And I think another one that killed it was James Harden when he was asked about Kyrie. He was like, I'll give him the vaccine myself. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, look, it's you so look back at it, Durant has, Durant has made, I don't give a fuck what anyone says either. He made a monumental fuck up leaving Golden State. He could have rehabbed there for the year, which they wanted him to. And Steph Curry, by all accounts, kind of would have just kind of cruised alongside him. And, like, I think Durant would have been good enough playing alongside with Curry to win regular MVPs. And, like, fit and firing. Like, and another title, easily. Something that something that's not talked enough about regarding Steph Curry, he is easily the most unselfish superstar in the league. He's, he's, he, he can be Batman all day, but he's more than happy to be Robin. Yeah, I agree with that. He just runs and around the court spotting up and you just hit him and like he can do that for entire like you can do that for months at a time for you. Mm. Like it does yeah. like it just it 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 baffles me, but it does it's when you look at kind of the Brooklyn Nets mess, you look at the hard time LeBron's having in the Lakers and look it pains me enough that it's it's rust is the problem. Maybe superstars should be superstars and not GMs. <clears throat> I think it's an argument against player power, especially when it comes to roster building. Uh, look, the 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 roster building, the big three. Like I think there's very few players in the league that a have the personality to make it work, and b have the skill set to make it work. I think someone like say like Damian Lillard, and even Jokic, you can work with those types of. They don't seem like they're high maintenance, no. and they have all the juice like to back it up that if you really wanted to make rosters work with that but like when it comes to LeBron like effectively like when you've the likes of LeBron and Kevin Durant like and you're a GM you don't even have a job you're you're essentially yes ma'am no ma'am three bags full do you know like your say is effectively gone out the fucking window um, but I think like while it is going from maybe back from three superstars to say really good duos I think it makes yeah. the league a little bit more competitive I think yeah, from like a product point of view like the east and the west could be substantially more stacked with two like two player led duos as opposed to three to be, to superstars be honest, getting max money it seemed like that's the way the league was going The I think it was, it was 2019 the mad free agency summer we had where at the end of it you had LeBron and AD in the Lakers you had Kawhi and PG in the Clippers. 
Mm-hmm. You had at the time it was just Kevin Durant and Kyrie. James Harden obviously came much much later. You also had Russ and Harden teaming up in Houston. That was a disaster. And then people were making arguments for Giannis and Chris Middleton as two superstars. There's one superstar there. Um, but that was the general consensus that the league was moving more to a, a duo. I think duo this has effectively proved don't don't get into it though. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Don't even entertain. If you're going to entertain it, make sure that the three boys are not all a little bit off their nut. Which I think there's an argument to be made that all three of these boys are a little bit, yeah, a little bit yeah, toxic. It's, it's it's more the, the chemistry, yeah. Like you look at say kind of trios that have worked, like LeBron's Heatles. To be fair, Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh were more than happy to sacrifice. Um, in Boston, those characters there willing to sacrifice. Um, maybe not Paul Pierce, but. Ray Allen was willing to sacrifice and Kevin Garnett his game complimented them anyway yeah but even like Chris fairness a lot of people won't realise like how good of a Chris like a player Chris Bosch was when he was playing in Toronto yeah and because he, he gave, sacrificed so much to Miami he gave like a no one realised like how probably from a statistical point of view how much he actually gave up mm. for just the titles yeah. and his, probably his own personal legacy has suffered hmm. from an individual standpoint as well but I think even like it, it stretches over you look at the Rams they obviously went in with a very much superstar let's get all these superstars in and it worked for them I think in basketball especially it's it's harder given how important an individual player can be to a five man lineup. Yeah. So I think that's kind of the the, the difference, difference there. Yeah. yeah. The risk uh like the risk obviously especially if you take like injuries and you know off the field stuff out of it. Um it can obviously work really, really well. But yeah. I think just from how much kind of power the players have now that it's just not really worth I personally don't think it's worth setting it up now to the point where you're you're bringing in three nearly max players and then everyone else is on a minimum and then I think we all, it just we all, takes one incident then to really derail it on you yeah I think we might need to like have a power shift back to GMs being GMs and players being players um, or else you'll end up like with a situation like you have in Man United where you have 36 Kyries 36 36 Kyries 36 I think that's uh, I, yeah I can't bear to stomach <laughs> talking about Man United now at the minute I just the less they're brought up the better fair we'll bring them up next week so yeah uh, when we'll you're, when you're away when, when you're away, away. fair and else that on the NBA or we're coming up obviously this weekend is oh Jesus Christ here we go again um, all star weekend this weekend so after thing, after this weekend I think things really heat up in the regular season nice moment um, for Lamelo Ball did you see anyone see that little the phone call he got obviously to replace Kevin Durant was pretty yeah. interesting pretty cool. as well James Harden has also ruled himself out of the all star game with hamstring issues after potentially that snub by Durant during the all star selection so that was a He's a hundred percent 
going to the strip club on the weekend. He's just he has getting, to. He, he, has, he to. has to make his top three. He's, he's new to Philly. He's got to figure out his top three. I'm just saying. He comes back <clears throat> now next week. He starts playing next week, and I guarantee it. Like he's dropping nothing but thirty in his first games mm. back to Philadelphia. I've no doubt. Mm. Thirty and ten, thirty and ten, thirty and ten, and then. You know, Wednesday night after home game is straight into his favourite spot. Him and Daryl Morey plotting and scheming. Yep, yeah, I can see it. I told you, I did tell you that Mellow Ball will be at the All Stars. Yeah. You said no. He just about got it squeezed in with it. No, 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 no. We, did, we didn't disagree with him being an All Star. We disagreed with him being an MVP, which I think was, was your call. Well, was. he's going to be the Hornets MVP. Fair enough. Somebody's MVP. <laughs> your MVP, man. Yeah. Take that poster down off your back wall there. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Telling you. Oh, take a look um, at that. He's, he's hot stuff. <laughs> right, will we park the NBA and move on? Or... Yeah. Yeah. Grand. Okay, right. So, potential overreaction alert here, but like. 300 million people worldwide have viewed into Super Bowl 56 last night and while watching that there was something that struck me and it was surely at the age of 46 it's unsafe to have 50% in this position for this amount of time now I'm joking um, basically look at the two rosters and how they're constructed Bengals are very young they've drafted kind of young men from winning cultures winning, winning college programs the Rams have gone all out on talent free agents and they've kind of dumped a lot of draft capital in recent times this kind of it's obviously the books last year on steroids in terms of kind of talented free agents they brought in and then you look at say maybe the recruitment policies say Man Man City sorry at Chelsea in the past versus slightly topical given turmoil there and right now but like the structure of like an Ajax where it's about producing talent and selling that talent on in order to survive and maintain their relevancy. So it got me thinking, and is it a case where it now in the world of sport, not just in American football or anywhere else, but that the actual production of talent is in how you take that talented 16, 17 year old towards making him kind of one of the best in the league, whatever that league may be, is now only reserved for the also runs and the power sides are just going to wait until you produce that talent and come in and sign them because they can afford to do so yeah but why wouldn't they at this stage do you know what I mean it's that's it's been clearly something that's happening for a while now um, like when you have the revenue and say like how many many Arsenal graduates are currently say, playing in the first team right now not a lot but a lot of them are Home playing grown. professional football yeah so like they're obviously happy with that and then like they just go look yeah we'll just we'll buy the rest fair and I think that a lot of the bigger a lot of the bigger clubs are looking that way now do you know what I mean a lot of the big markets in the NBA look that way they're like oh you know for example if you know, say if Jokic wasn't playing in Denver, right, and it was just, say, Jamal Murray, or if it was Jokic was there and Jamal Murray wasn't there, it's so much easier for a team to poach him from from trade or free agency. So much easier for a big market like that to lure a, a, a small market player 
or a smaller club player to their side and eventually it just feels like they've been corrupted that there's no way of going back and they get pennies on the dollar for him then as well possibly hmm. I don't think there is a way back I know so, like Ajax are a very special case they've been doing they have that model for years like Frankie de Jong Ajax is ultimately a special case because they're in the air of the visa and they can win titles in the air of the visa until the cows come home and they're very competitive in the Champions League as well to be fair to them because of the model they've yeah, adopted they like let's make no doubt like they've they came very close to nearly winning the Champions League do you know what I mean and and they do occasionally like kick the shit out of the odd heavy hitter in the Champions League kind of knockout match as well so um, but like there isn't too many clubs like Ajax that are Do, purely yeah. running but, uh, that model to that level of success either there's probably a lot of them that are running the model similarly up until maybe 23s when they, they say like you look at Chelsea okay granted a lot of them were loans the last couple of years but they do have they they, they well they have to sell now because they can't loan it with the new rules coming in that they can mm-hmm. only loan six or eight out but yeah but how much is that really going to affect the big club like honestly like if they like if they've got like what did Atalanta have like 54 players on loan or something like that and City have 40 odd like City like the 40 odd like that only makes the smaller clubs stronger in fairness which is unusual because those players are all going to end up on you know getting regular Premier League game time with those clubs anyways yeah, like, like, but the city aren't going to suffer from that. They'll just whip the like. Right, we need more players. What have we got in the academy? They might have one, they might have two, and then. But is it? Yeah, does, it does, it, does it not come back around to? I think Sashi made the point. Like, this is why the European Super League will eventually work because those are the teams that aren't going to be, you know, funneling their players into their first team. The teams like the Ajaxes that probably won't be in the European Super League. The teams like, I don't know, whoever else. Like that's the way it should be done. That you'd like to see it done as a someone has a bit of faith and a bit of. Um, but it's not going to be like that because we like entertainment and we enjoy entertainment more. And it'll like the lower Premier League and the Championship and and like that across Europe are going to become the more holistic leagues that people will be competitive and would like to go and see them. But the European Super League is isn't about that it's about entertainment and which is the probably the same thing what's that it's about the best 22 players on a pitch at any one yeah. time, basically. In, and in turn say it's 10 teams so you have 220 players you know in any league or any organisation and it, I don't know if it happens like that in America really though does it because you're okay the financial model is completely different but if you're fighting it out you know if you're coming last in there you finish bottom of the NFL you're getting the first draft pick it's just completely different I don't know if it works like that over there I don't know if it can work like that the issue with the the bottom or the also runs in the NBA and the NFL is that right if you're say the Jags say you're the Jags and for five years running you've won the first round pick congratulations you've won the first overall pick that doesn't mean you know fuck all what to do with it either. Do you know what I mean? And I think it's the same with the NBA. Is that yeah, like these players come out of small markets. Like Anthony Davis going to the to the Lakers, but like New Orleans needed not only to be 
the worst team in the league. Then they needed the lottery ball to go the right way for them as well, just to even get them, just to move them on then eventually too. Whereas somewhere like the Spurs have proven that they have a more consistent model of drafting and development players in that mid to late first round, mm. where they're constantly contributing and then being shipped on. But there is plenty of really bad also runs that just get the picks and well, like genuinely New Orleans, don't know what to do are, with them. Well, New Orleans potentially could let too. And look, I, I'm fairly vocal on them, but Anthony Davis is probably a generational talent. Zion Williamson is another generation talent. So they would probably have two just walk out. Like literally just leave the organization. Five years? Five years. Depending on how much longer Zion sticks around for. Like still not he's not he's not rushing back, is he? Yeah, but that's because they knew fuck all but to do. Like did mm. that's the bare bones of it. They didn't just don't know. Like the Spurs I think is the closest model of I'd bring them in as their own players no matter where you get them and then you get the value for them and you move them on there isn't too many teams that are consistently hitting on that as well the Raptors have a few players that have done they've done well like that too yeah Marcel Jury is, is a very good GM you know but there um, isn't a whole lot like the big markets just sit there fair. waiting well, what do you think Zach? fair but I, look, I just I find it interesting now that that's that model that would have maybe exclusively been for like a Premier League side where they're the richest club in the league and they just buy who they want. They don't bother developing talent and bringing them through, giving them minutes here, giving them minutes there, slowly bringing them through. They let someone else do it and they buy it. I just find it interesting now that in a salary cap sport such as the NFL, the Rams have now done that and look, they've won the Super Bowl. So, it was successful. Now, they may never win another Super Bowl under Sean McVay and that roster probably is another year before it has to be blown up because there's only so far you can take that. But I'm just wondering, our franchise is going to say, well, look, when we when we follow the Rams' model and give go in... all the first rounders. And go win a Super Bowl and then, like, I think a lot of... Like, you'd be surprised about the franchises that would say... Give me ten years of nothing for one Super Bowl and a Super Bowl, as opposed to twenty years of slowly building, pushing, 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 and then coming up against a Tom Brady in your division for the next ten years, a Patrick Mahomes in your division for the next ten years. Do you not lose? Do you know what I mean? There's so much. But if you do that, like, and you do, you know, someone else decides to do it, do you not lose a lot of revenue, a lot of income? In order, like, because fans are going to come. If you're not winning, fans are going to come to the stadium. People aren't going to watch on TV and so on, so on, so on. Well, then winning the Super Bowl last night completely changed how quick uh, they're going to get their fan base back in LA to a degree. Yeah, it puts a lot of pressure on the Jazz. Yeah, like, there there was an opportunity there for both the Rams and the Chargers to, to stake a foothold in in LA because all of their support is probably in Vegas really now at this stage and Mm. you know they have a lot in Dallas as well that the opportunity last night was if they had won the Super Bowl which they did they effectively have buried my team into the ground for a while as far as support goes but if they had lost it was still fair game that's how Mm. fickle that kind of place is with their support yeah 
Fair. But then the only thing is the Rams have been in Super Bowls. I don't think they've actually won. They've been in Super Bowls previously as the LA Rams. So they have a, a history in LA. It's an old history. Um, the greatest show on turf was St. Louis, as far as I'm aware. So, yeah, it it's, was. A, it's an easier win for the Ra- It was an easier win for the Rams as opposed to a Chargers who were San Diego and then moved to LA. Um, with no history, no affiliation to the city of LA. So, but yeah, it, it, uh, it, it's a funny one actually. I know it's a little bit off topic, but it is a funny one. Like Chargers and Rams in the same stadium, they share in the same city, sharing the same. You know, there's nowhere else really like that. Milan. New York. No, but sorry, in NFL terms, New York. Yeah, but New York. But there, look. But New York never really sell out the grounds, though. Do you know what I mean? Uh, the the Giants would have in their Super Bowl years, yeah. In their Super Bowl, not now. Not now, but like one, it's not New York, it's New Jersey. And two, they've been terrible since their Super Bowl years. They have and enough the of a market there for two teams, you know what I mean? Yeah, uh, the Jets have been terrible since... Ever. Super Bowl number three, Joe Namath, smoking well, Joe Namath. Is, is, the Giants, the is the Giants and or the Jets the next Rams? Like it, Because it's a big city and stuff like that, they probably have the they have the clout, if, that, if you know what I mean, the cultural clout to do that. But the, the Rams give up those picks. They weren't giving up top five picks. They were giving up bottom first round picks. And yeah, which is still... Like, it's still valuable capital, but like when you're deciding to, to undertake... A transformation like that there's probably a certain amount of infrastructure that you need and a certain baseline level of success that you need to really start running that off at the time they would have had to, they thought like they had the quarterback in golf so giving up the picks to get him originally mm. they, that Aaron Donald was already there then they went and got Ramsey you know they drafted Cup it was a third rounder he was it was a nothing do you know what I mean a nothing kind of flyer who's turned into like one, if not the best receiver in the league right now, and then decided like we have we're we're able to win double digit games and get to a Super Bowl week off, if we just push all these picks which are not top ten picks at this stage down the road to get Stafford and see can he push it even further, then yeah like it's worth it, but if one of those if that was a smaller side that was losing games that need the quarterback they can't start that that yet they can't start that transformation down that road yet because they still need the three or four Fair. baseline but, players you know what I mean that you're only going to get with your top 10 picks but 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 at argument's sake say we've a completely different ownership group in Green Bay five years ago say, say a roster at that level where you know you've got a high level quarterback do you do it then say I think Green Bay are perfect to do it but they are kind of reluctant to spend. They're not That's, exactly heavy spent. Like they won't really. The fan owned. Yeah, they're not like if they were to, willing to spend the money, they'd be perfect to do it. But like that's obviously a, a big. Like the Rams are. Do you know what I mean? Like Cronky doesn't give a fuck. He's loads of money. He's like yeah. yeah well, well, I'm not saying that as an Arsenal fan. I know, I but like, push, do you know what I mean? Like he's just built a, a stadium that looks like a fucking spaceship. Yeah, like, but I, I don't think they, <clears throat> I don't think the Packers are an option doing it. Like they don't. You need to have a city, a big, big city, to do something like that to get those players. Don't want to play in the fucking freezing cold yeah. either. Let's be real about it. 
I get that, but I think you will get enough players that don't care where they play once they play for rings. They only need maybe three, two or three players as well to make that happen. Packers? They really do. Yeah, genuinely, they only need maybe two or three. I think they might end up needing You tell me there's not an awful lot of free agents would go to Buffalo right now? Because they're nearly there. Yeah. Just missing the magic sauce. Buffalo's Buffalo's not a nice Buffalo's not a nice place to If be. you're in Buffalo, you're living right in New York. Canadian border. Definitely living in New York. It's two and a half hours north. Helicopters, mate. Helicopters. <laughs> Have you seen those what them things that are delivering food now? Drones. Trucks. Drones. Have you seen them drones? There's definitely drones Truck. that can take you from New York. Deliveroo lads on bikes. Yeah. <laughs> Selling cocaine. I can't believe he said that. <laughs> Helicopters, he says. Yeah, you're not. Like for for decades, Buffalo's been known as free agent purgatory. Like. So what is it now? It's where you're sent. It's a chance to win a ring. It is, but. Do you know, do you, yeah. You you could argue you do it in. Baltimore. You could argue do it in Kansas. They're not nice places to live. You could argue you do it. Green Bay is definitely still the worst, though. Out of the places you've named. Really? Yeah, I think so. Really? Really? Yeah, you're going to go up and you're going to find yourself trying to figure out the trees a Hallback murder. Like, not a nice place to be. <laughs> Jesus. Do you, do you realise, you, mate, you, you've obviously never watched The Wire and I'm familiar with the... Uh, the, 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 lo- the local topography of B-more, um more the capital of the USA um, that it is so yeah that's not a nice place to live either but look we've uh, we digress um, yeah look I just think it's it's interesting to kind of follow and it might be geez, I might do a thesis on it if I ever go back to college on the different transfer policies of cronky own sides it's only look it's at a, Arsenal versus the Rams it's a very viable model for very select few teams right now. Mm. I think mm. would be where I would settle my hat on it. Is that there's a five, there's a five or six team of pool there that can that can do that, and that's about it. Then do those do all of those cities have sunshine? No, not necessarily. But there would be there generally would be larger markets. Yeah. They're either larger markets or they already have the infrastructure and a couple of the players there necessary to pull that sort of thing off. Like Green Bay is not exactly huge, but like they're they're a very storied franchise and they have Aaron Rodgers. Miami. Mm-hmm. They don't have a quarterback. But Miami if you were if, under investigation for tampering and everything well, else yeah, now, yeah. they're in it's fucking serious up, trouble. But is it, make it very to your friend. Miami are relevant for a while now. Blind, Brian Flores is just fucking trampled all over that. Is there any Send chance of losing the franchise? To your mates and Fort yeah, Stephen Ross could lose <laughs> his franchise if he's found for tampering. Yeah. And what would would someone just take it as Miami Dolphins, or would they have to move? Do you think? Or no, someone... the the owners would have to. He would have to lose a three quarter of the vote against the owners in the NFL. So they would essentially have to vote him out, and then they would sell the team if he's found and look the, there's, no, there's no way bribe there's no way that the franchise would leave Miami they need one there don't they like why no no they? we'll probably stay in Miami but like it would be sort of like why do they they've they've three organisations in Florida the Bucks the Dolphins the Jags and the Jags oh I thought you meant three others 
so like obviously well, the Jags are always oh, rumored to be moving as well though aren't they they're going to London oh, yeah they're not it's not London's not going to work well they're playing their first game in Munich now is it next year yeah yeah some crack wouldn't it yeah. over to Berlin for an old strip joint then afterwards some laugh <laughs> anyway um in association with our good friends USA Sports again click the link in the podcast description this week's have you seen this uh, I probably pulled a bit of a I don't know what you call it pulled an Uno reverse card or something like that um, I think the coach had recommended one but personally selfishly speaking the indigenous versus the Maori all stars games on the weekend and it's incredible seven minutes of footage pre-game where You've a a Murray hacker versus an indigenous war dance. It's just phenomenal television. So the links in the podcast description. Make sure you give that a, a watch if you're uh, ten minutes to kill, seven minutes to be precise. It's class. Um, but I, but I think I think that's that's probably us, gents, is it? Yeah, I'm I'm happy out. Just to let you know, I won't be here now next weekend. But. You should be, you should be fine without me. Ooh. Yeah, we'll actually probably be better. Uh, you could actually be better, yeah. <laughs> at least you know you don't have to bleep out that or use the duck noise or whatever to get rid of some of the bad things. This word, profanity. So you might have to take yeah, this conversation PG, offline. PG yeah. weekend, lads. Yeah. That's um, all for me. And look, plenty of Champions League action to, to whet the appetite. No more gridiron. Um, when he is back it will be after the All-Star weekend so I'm pretty sure the bottom feeder athlete will be all guns ablazing on the NBA the NBA action mm. um, yeah look that's all for me it's all for me it's all thank, for you. Me. thank you thank <laughs> you and good night